Hey everyone, welcome to Good Wolf Radio. It's Jerry Scarlato, founder and fitness coach of Thrivology in Alexandria, Kentucky. And today we're going to be talking about problem solving. One of the things that we all struggle with whenever we're trying to make a change is overcoming obstacles. Now we've already done a series on overcoming obstacles, so you can certainly go back and listen to that. And overcoming obstacles is certainly problem solving. You have to be able to be presented with an obstacle, solve the obstacle to then overcome it. But problem solving has other things that stand in our way. We stand in our own way a lot of the time whenever we're trying to problem solve. We have certain beliefs around problem solving and around certain situations whenever we're trying to problem solve. So I thought that it was good to have a, another series on problem solving separate from overcoming obstacles so that we could dig deeper into this idea because the thing that keeps people from making progress typically, typically ends up being ourselves. And the more that we can realize that, the more we're going to be able to move forward towards the things that we're trying to achieve whether that's in our health and fitness, whether that's in our wealth, whether that's in our relationships or any other part of our lives. We need to be able to learn to set our own selves aside, our beliefs, our emotions, other things that we're going to talk about today so that we can make progress toward the things. That is what we're trying to do. If our goal is health and fitness mastery, then we need to learn to set things aside so that we can move toward it. Okay? And we need the most important thing we can do is be aware. Self-awareness is the most important thing we can do. And unless we're talking about these things, unless we bring them up, then it's going to be much harder for us to move forward. If you're not aware, um, I think it was Carl Jung who said, uh, unless you make the unconscious conscious, it will dictate your life and you will call it fate. So we need to be aware. We need to have self-awareness. And unless we bring these things up and we talk about them, and how they're holding us back, then we will always look to the external for reasons of which we're not able to achieve or things that, um, that we're achieving. With the understanding, this is important, with the understanding that there are plenty of external things that do, quote unquote, get in our way. There are plenty of ex- people. There are 7 billion people on this earth, and there will always be somebody that will be an obstacle. I don't say that in any judgmental way, like, oh, that person is an obstacle. I needed to delete them and get them out of the way. But like, there's always, like, every relationship that you have, that person has an idea of who they think that you are and who, what they think you're capable of. And they're going to project that on you. And that is very real. And we need to know how to overcome that as well. But most of the time, it is us. We need to be able to set our own thoughts and feelings aside a lot of times so that we can better overcome the problems that we're presented with. So today, what we're going to do is talk about five ways that we are stifled by, um, we are stifled in our problem solving. And again, this can be in many different areas, but when it comes to health and fitness, we so much get in our own way when it comes to solving problems because we thinks we thinks we thinks we think that things should go a certain way when they don't go that way then we either give up or we put in less effort which eventually leads us to giving up 
when that happens, then it's just a downward spiral. So the quicker you can stop the spiral, the better off you're going to be. And these are just five ways. There's plenty of ways. Trust me that we stifle our own progress. This is just five of them that we're going to talk about today, but they are worth bringing up because they feel so right, because they feel like that's the way that it is. And a lot of it is because it's just the way that we've done things our whole lives, or it's because of the way that society does things in general. But again, awareness is absolutely key. Making the unconscious conscious so that we can move forward, so that we can make progress is, is imperative. So with that being said, let's talk about number one, the first thing that stifles our progress when it comes to problem solving. Being problem focused versus solution focused. Being problem focused versus solution focused. So a lot of this idea comes in two forms. Number one, it comes in the thoughts that are going through your head whenever you're presenting with the problem. Number two, it comes from the words that come out of your mouth whenever you're presented with the problem. So the thoughts that go through your head when you're presented with the problem is the focus on the problem. I'm trying to lose weight. I start trying something. I stop losing weight. And then I sit here and go, I can't lose weight. I can't lose weight. I can't lose weight. I can't lose weight. And all you're doing is focusing on the problem, the the thing that is in front of you. I can't lose weight. I just can't do it. And that focus on the problem is just getting you to continue to tell yourself that you can't do it. I can't lose weight. I can't lose weight. At the same time, you're telling yourself, sometimes in your head or sometimes out loud, certain words. I can't. I won't. I'll never be able to. I. Um, this is impossible to figure out. This is too complex. Um, I am just not smart enough, so on and so forth. You're telling yourself certain things because you're telling yourself certain things. You're literally stifling the ability to create or develop a solution to the problem. So instead of having the problem focus, tell like literally in your head going, I can't lose weight. I can't lose weight. Look at that. I can't lose weight. Um, and then saying words like I can't, or I won't, or I'll never be able to, instead of doing that, shifting your thought to immediately, immediately shifting it to the solution. Acknowledge that you can't, there's the problem. That's the problem. Okay. What's the thing that I need to do in order to start to move forward again? What's the solution or what are the solutions that I need to do to start to move forward again? And remind yourself, not that I can't do it. I can't lose weight. I can't, I can't do this. I can't save money. I can't do whatever. It's not that it's that you, you can't, you haven't done it yet. You haven't done it yet. So that word yet is very important. That word alone That's what Carol Dweck in her book, Mindset, talks about as the differentiator between a fixed mindset and a growth mindset. People in a fixed mindset tend to think that things things are the way they are. They, this is who I am. I can't really change them. Um, If I can't lose weight, then, oh, well, that's just the way that it is. Where people with a growth mindset typically tend to think, I just am not there yet. I'm not there yet. I I can grow, I can change, but I'm just not there yet. 
So when it comes to problem focus versus solution focus, part of the solution focus mindset, if you will, is thinking I'm not there yet and shifting your literally the focus of what you're you're looking at instead of thinking I can't lose weight. Man, I can't lose weight. Instead of thinking that, acknowledge it, bam, immediately move forward and think, okay, what are some solutions that I can do to start to go to toward the thing that I'm trying to achieve? So um, very important, problem focus versus solution focus. Number two, the second thing that stifles our problem solving is confusing emotions with reality confusing emotions with reality. So in trying to pursue anything, again, you're going to come across obstacles, you're going to come across problems. Most of us, myself, very much included, very much included. Now, hopefully, I believe I've gotten better at this over time. And by over time, I mean, mostly probably in the past year or so, maybe a couple of years if I'm lucky, but it's, it's been a, a process. But most of us, when we are presented with a lot of us, when we're presented with a problem, will get very emotional about the problem, whether that's emotional like anger or sadness or some sort of like frustration or whatever it is. And then we take that and we attach it to the problem and we think, oh, this problem makes me sad, angry, emotional, whatever, whatever that typically negative feeling is. And because we attach it to the problem, then we tend to run away from the problem. We tend to run away from the thing we're trying to pursue anyway because it makes us feel this typically, typically negative emotion. Now, most people I don't think want to feel negative emotions a lot. So because of that, then we move away from that feeling so that we can move away from that negative feeling and we just stop pursuing the thing that we're after, stop trying to overcome the problem, uh, and that just reinforces our current situation, which is what we're trying to move away from in the first place. So realizing that emotions are not reality, emotions are just literally neurological blips that will pop up. And when they pop up, all you can do uh, what you can't do is give assent to them. That's what the Stoic philosophers would tell us. Um, giving assent to your emotions, or in other words, um, building up into them, letting them overcome you. You cannot let that happen. When an emotion, when an emotion rises, because realize that they always will. They always will. An emotion is ju just a neurological blip that it's going to pop up, whether you want it to or not. But when it does. You, you get to decide what to do with it. If you decide that it is your reality and that that's the way that it is and you let it eat you, then you're going to have a much harder time moving to the next step. If you decide, on the other hand, that, okay, I feel this emotion, I feel angry at this now, but do I really have to be angry that now all of a sudden I've stopped, I'm trying to lose 20 pounds, I've only lost 10 and I've been stuck at 10. Do you have to be angry about it? Well, you don't have to be. You don't have to be. Even though that's what you've chosen to do in your life thus far, it doesn't mean that that's what you have to do in your life moving forward. So 
changing your mindset around what emotions are and how they how you deal with them is going to be very important on your problem solving uh, journey. Emotions are just they are just the thing that pops up. You can choose to have a different relationship with them so that they empower you moving forward instead of keep you from moving forward. Okay, so confusing, confusing emotions for reality is number two. That brings us to number three, the third thing that stifles our problem solving, and that is confusing beliefs with facts. Beliefs with facts. So before we get into this one, I'm going to take a quick drink of my water out of my wonderful Thrivology mug. That was kind of an awkward reach. I guess I'll move the microphone out of the way next time. Uh, but while I take a drink, here's a little word from a friend. Cheers. Hey guys, I want to take a second to tell you about our online lifestyle development program, Good Wolf Academy. If you're looking to level up your health and fitness in any way, Good Wolf Academy is where it's at. We all need help in our nutrition. And one of the big aspects of Good Wolf Academy are our monthly nutrition lessons. These are 15 to 20 minute lessons done by our nutrition coach, Trevis. She goes over some topics to help clarify some things so you don't feel as confused about what's going on in nutrition world. Also, you get a weekly movement lesson from Coach Sharon where she's teaching you the importance of movement and some basic ways to improve your movement throughout the day so that you can get yourself feeling better. This is also supported by a movement practice Monday through Fridays. Those movement practices are there to nudge you to get up off the couch and get yourself moving because sedentary living is killing us and we need to move more. You also get two optimized recipes to help enhance your diet, enhance your nutrition, make those healthy things taste more tasteful because we all feel like healthy needs to be bland. That's not true. Healthy things can be very tasteful and these optimized recipes are there to help you. Also, we have mastery programs that are included they are included in your Good Wolf Academy membership. This is not to be understated because these mastery programs can range anywhere from $100 to over $250 as a standalone program, but they are included as long as you are a member of Good Wolf Academy. Finally, do not overlook the importance of surrounding yourself with like-minded people. And the Good Wolf community is there to support you in the Good Wolf feed. Whenever you have any issues or you feel like you need to create a bond, put yourself, put a post out into the Goodwill feed and you'll get a lot of good feedback. Also, the coaches are there to ask or answer any of the questions that you have whenever you need any clarification. So don't wait any longer. You can try Goodwill Academy absolutely free for two weeks, for two weeks. If you go to thriveology.us slash Academy, you can get started absolutely free, two weeks, and it is only $35 a month. After that, go get started today, and I look forward to seeing you in the academy. All right, and we're back. Thanks, Jerry. I appreciate your kind words, your good words about Good Wolf Academy. Um, so, confusing beliefs for facts. Confusing beliefs for facts. That's the third way that we stifle our problem solving. So, if emotions are just things that pop up from time to time, whenever we encounter something, beliefs are something that are deeply ingrained in us from the time we're literally born until where we are today. 
we believe that those beliefs are the way things are. We believe that because we have this strong thought about this thing, that we're not the type of person that can overcome problems, that that's just the way that it is. Uh, that's just the way that I guess I was born. Or uh, my family's like that, so I must be, built, must be like that too. When, in fact, most of the time, not all of the time to be sure, but when I say most of the time, it's probably 90 to 99% of the time. It's literally just a belief that you have developed over time, either because of the experiences that you've had leading up to that situation or because of your immediate surroundings, your family and whatnot, and what they've taught you about beliefs and how things are, or because of society and what society teaches you. And it's not either or of any of those. It's actually all three of them. Your current experiences, your personal experiences, your family and what they tell you, and society and what they tell you, they all, all, all of that has a say in your current beliefs today. Society and other people have such a profound pull on your beliefs that it's hard to really overstate the pull that people outside of you have on your progress. That's not to say that you're a bad person or that you're unusual. Every human being on this planet interacts with other people. And because of that, all of those other people will have a say in your beliefs, if you will. If, if you bring the unconscious to conscious, then it will not dictate your life and you'll be able to move forward in a different way. So beliefs are not facts. They are simply currently your beliefs. And while you don't need to be constantly challenging your beliefs always all the time, let me rephrase that. You don't need to be challenging all of your beliefs always all the time. When a belief is standing in your way, you should definitely challenge it. Not challenge it in the sense that you need to question yourself and your dignity as a human being because you have this belief and is it wrong? It's more of a, is this belief actually true? Or is it just something that I've believed so far and now I might be able to change that belief so that I can make a different decision moving forward and do different things moving forward? People think we tend to believe, <laughs> since we're talking about beliefs, we tend to believe that changing your mind about things means that you're a fallible person, that you're a bad person, that you're not trustworthy because, well, this is what you believed before and why do you believe that now? Well, I, I, in my short 38, soon to be 39 years on this earth, one of the things that I have learned is that it is actually our ingrainedness of our beliefs that holds us back and makes us more fallible than otherwise. And that's because we dig our heels in on things that we believe are true, so much so that we are blinded to potential other people, pieces of knowledge, pieces of content, or whatever it is that may actually help us move forward. And 
grow our happiness, fulfillment, and life exponentially. So uh, challenging beliefs, very, very, very important. Anytime you come up to an obstacle and you feel this inner urge inside of you to uh, that says, well, I guess that's just the way things are. That is just a belief, and you should very much ask the question immediately, is this true? Is this true? Great question. Okay, that's number three, confusing beliefs for facts. That leads us to number four. I actually changed this one yesterday after listening to uh, a podcast um, with a guy named Alex Hormozzi. I believe he was talking to Chris Williamson from the Modern Modern Wisdom Podcast. I think that's the name of it. That's terrible because I listen to it pretty often. Um, at any rate, number four, the fourth way that we stifle our problem solving is playing infinite games with finite rules. Playing infinite games with finite rules. So I believe there's uh, an original book about this, Infinite and Finite Games. I couldn't told, tell you. I think there was a book like in the 70s or 80s about it, but uh, the person who's popular, popularized it recently is a guy named Simon, Simon Sinek. I can't remember the name of his book or where he references Infinite and Finite Games. It's probably something like Infinite versus Finite Games. At any rate, I'm going off on a side tangent. So first, let's define what infinite and finite games are. Finite games are games that have a beginning and an end. If you understand sports, then you know what a finite game is. Any sport, all sports are finite games because they all have a beginning. They all have an end. When you start a basketball game, you start playing and eventually, if you're playing a pickup game, whoever gets to 12 first, that the game's over. If it's college, basketball or whatever, NBA, once you get to us, once time runs out, game's over. Football, same way. Soccer, same way. Hockey, same way. So on and so forth. That's a finite game. Fixed amount of time. Very specific rules for each game. And um, like you, you know, you, you know there's going to be an end. You know that there's going to be an outcome that you're going to reach and then the game's going to be over. Okay. Infinite games then, on the other hand, are games that begin but they never end they have no definitive stopping point to them they just keep going and keep going and keep going and because of that because they keep going you the rules change as you move forward you can't it's not the same set of rules always all the time because it's a never changing game and it's an ongoing game always all the time and because the infinite game is always all going all the time change the rules change from time to time so what many of us do is take rules from finite games and implement them in rules for infinite games so a great example is what we talk about regularly health and fitness most people a lot of people think of health and fitness as finite i'm going to start working out and then i'm going to get to a certain point and i'm going to be in shape and that's going to be that uh, I'm going to start eating better and then I'm going to lose 20 pounds and then I'm going to be where I'm going to be and that's going to be that. I can go back and my game's over. Uh, I'm going to run a marathon. I'm going to I'm gonna work as hard as I can. Once I get to the point where I'm happy with my time, I'll run the marathon. Marathon's going to be great and then I'm always going to be able to do that always and forever. Game's over. 
But the truth of the matter is, health and fitness is an infinite game. It is an always an ongoing game. That's why we call it health and fitness mastery, because you are always pursuing mastery. You can never achieve it. You can only hope to get closer to it. And mastery looks different to different people, and it looks different at different points in your life. When I was, say, 20 years old, my goal, probably between the ages of 20 and 24, maybe 18 and 24, my goal was to be as strong as I could. Played high school and college football, and in college football, I, want, I needed to be as strong as I could so that I could be the best college football player. That wasn't, that's not the only measure of being a good college football player. Um, but in the weight room, like that was what I was after. Guess what? After that, once I got to be about 25 or 26, lifting weights was, lifting heavy weights was still fun, but then I wanted to see how big I could get. So from 25 to maybe 28 or 29, I put on more weight. I got heavier. I got put more muscle on. Um, so I, the, the goal was different for me. Then I got to 28 or 29 and I was 240 pounds and I went, eh, I don't know if 240 pounds looks good on me. So let's go ahead and change and let's see if we can, we can make things look a little different. And I started to feel, you know, tight and funky and this, that, and the other thing because of the way that I was training. So around 28, 29, maybe right at 30 years old, I started to shift the way that I trained again. Wanted to be more functional, wanted to be able to move and be active and be mobile and be able to run again and all that stuff. So at different parts in my lifting career, my training career, my goal has changed. The rules have changed. I lifted differently when I was 20. I lifted differently when I was 25, trying to put on muscle. And I lifted differently when I was 30, trying to be more functional and a more well-rounded uh, athlete. I would still consider myself an athlete. I think we all are. Um, so... At each of those points, I've trained differently. In the same way, for any other human being, maybe in the beginning when you start, yoga is the thing. You love yoga, and you get into it, and you feel it, and you like the, the flow of it, and it makes you feel calmer, and you were a stressful person beforehand, but now you're, um, you know, you're looking for a way to release your stress, so you start doing yoga. That's helped a lot. You do that for a couple of years, and then you start to get bored, and you're like, I don't know. I don't know, maybe I should just stop doing things. No, and maybe you need to switch into weight training. And now you start lifting weights and now you feel better and you feel more toned and you have more strength and so on and so forth. And then you weight train for a certain amount of time and you're like, oh man, I'd love to see my athletic abilities and what I can do with those. So then you start running and jumping and all that stuff. It's, it is a progression. You're not always just doing the same thing over and over again. You don't have, it doesn't have to be that way. It is an infinite game and it, because it is infinite, the rules are going to change always all the time. So your goals should change. And it doesn't have to always be the same way. And I think that because we think either uh, there, there is an endpoint to this thing, be that health and fitness, be that wealth building, be that whatever, there's an infinite point or there's a finite point. When there's not a finite point, we go, well, I guess I'm just going to give up because I'm never going to get there. So it's it's ongoing you you have to realize when you're playing an infinite game or a finite game if it's not a sport then it's probably an infinite game like it's well board games i'm sorry and card games and those two although some card games feel like they can go on forever but that's another story um if it's not one of those things a game of some uh that's what we're talking about 
not a sport or a board game or a card game, probably in life, if it's anything that has to do with living your life, it's probably an infinite game. It's probably an infinite game. So that next time you're confronted with a problem when you're in an infinite game and all of a sudden you're trying to take finite rules and pinpoint it onto an infinite game and you're confronted with a problem, you can go, oh, this is actually an infinite game. I see now. I need to just change and adapt and I need then I can move forward. So um, I'm kind of beating that horse now, so I'm going to go ahead and move forward. John is nodding her head going, yep, you've talked too much about that. Let's go to the next point. <laughs> um, so that was number four, playing infinite games with finite rules. Number five, the last one. And basically all of these other points lead to this very last point. Um, the reason that we, are, we stifle our problem solving is identity protection. So I'm, we could go through all of these previous four points and talk about how you're protecting your identity when it comes to problem focus versus solution focus. Um, because you're confronted, confronted with the problem, you're going to move away with it because you don't like the feeling uh, of getting, you know, whatever, confronted with the problem. When it comes to emotions and reality, confusing emotions for reality, you don't like feeling angry about things, so you're going to go back into your normal way so that you're not, you don't have to feel angry again. When it comes to beliefs versus facts, same thing. Like, we could go through this whole list and talk about how all you're doing is protecting your identity whenever you're confronted with a problem. What we're going to talk about here specifically is the four levels of competence and how human beings like to feel competent about the things that they do and they move away from things that they don't feel competent about. Just a natural human tendency. So the four levels of competence, which we reviewed in, it may have been the Identity Crisis series, I can't remember exactly. Uh, level one, unconscious incompetence. In other words, you don't know what you don't know. Level two is conscious incompetence. So now you do know what you don't know. Level three is unconscious, no wait, conscious competence. So now you know what you, now you know, and now you know differently, but you have to think about it. And then you have unconscious competence. So now it's just second nature. Now you've replaced your beginning unconscious incompetence with unconscious competence. Now it's just second nature. It's just something that you do because you've gone through these stages. The problem is, because we're trying to protect, protect our identity all the time, we go from unconscious incompetence to conscious competence, and then we stop there because we don't like to feel incompetent. Did I say that right? Unconscious incompetence to conscious incompetence. Yep, that's what I meant to say. Um, and then we stop there because we don't like to feel incompetent. We don't like to feel stupid about things. We don't like to feel like we don't know what's going on. We just don't like the feeling because society tells us, if you don't know what's going on, you must be dumb. So that is just a belief that we have, that society has told us. The question is, is it true? Because I don't know anything about, say, um, string theory, if you're listening to this and you go, what in the world is string theory? That's a thing. Like, it's a thing. But I don't know anything about it. Does that make me dumb? I don't think so. Like, 
I don't need to know everything about everything. As a matter of fact, I would hate to know everything about everything. That'd be freaking exhausting to know everything about everything. So getting comfortable with not knowing what's going on and why things aren't working or how things are supposed to go whenever you start exercising and being comfortable asking questions. What, what am I supposed to do? If I want to do this, how am I supposed to do it? And then doing that for an amount of time and then running into a problem again and then going, hey, a different person. Oh, I've been doing this for a while and now I need to change because, because now I stopped making progress. How do I make, how do I improve? How do I change? What do I do now? You just need to be comfortable asking questions. You just need to be comfortable and you need to realize, and, and this has been hard for me in certain areas, so I'm not saying this to in any way, like judgmental way. It's like, I'm kind of talking to myself in a lot of ways. Like, you need to be comfortable being dumb. Like, hey, uh, excuse my ignorance. I don't really know. That's one of my favorite lines anymore because I feel like I say it a lot. Uh, excuse my ignorance. Uh, can you explain that to me? I'm not really sure what you're talking about. I'm not really sure what you meant by that. And it's okay because on the other side of that is clarity. And when you gain clarity, then you can start to move forward. And if that's the goal of this whole thing is to become the kind of person who achieves, pursues, pursues mastery in whatever it is, then that's what you need to do. And that's what needs to happen. So those are the five ways that we stifle our problem solving. Let's quickly review the five. I'm not going to go in depth. I'm just going to go over them. Number one, problem focus versus solution focus. Number two, confusing emotions for reality. Number three, confusing beliefs for facts. Number four, playing infinite games with finite rules. And number five, identity protection. A couple questions to ponder so you can think if you're letting some of these things get in your way. Question number one, and I've asked this question in another series as well, uh, how do I let my emotions control my interaction with a situation, whatever the situation is? Are you the kind of person who feels an emotion and lets it grab you and yank you in whatever direction it wants you to? Um, and if you are, and if you want to change that, how can you start to change that? Uh, another question to think about, are my beliefs limiting me or are my beliefs empowering me to move forward? And understand that it's not all beliefs always all the time. You have plenty of beliefs now that are empowering you and helping you move forward, but it's important to start to understand that you also have plenty of beliefs that are limiting you from moving forward and probably slamming the brakes on your progress. And last but not least, how can I start to feel comfortable being uncomfortable about being competent or incompetent? Did I say that right? How can I start feeling comfortable about being uncomfortable about my competence level? How about that? If I feel dumb in a situation, how can you start to be okay with just feeling dumb? And part of that is just starting to ask questions so you can feel clarity so that maybe you can feel better about the situation, which is good. Okay, that's all I have for you today. Make sure that you hit that subscribe button because I can't tell you how much this helps. Subscribe, subscribe, and share with your friends so that they can get the good news too. And until next time, my friends, here's to your success in health and fitness mastery.